Hello, welcome, what's good? This is Danley and Friends, where I share empowering stories, encourage raw, open dialogue, and explore intriguing ideas to empower you to maximize your life. Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Ryan Danley. Let's get to it. All right. Well, I'm here with my brothers, Aaron and Adante, who have ventured into this wild world of Web3. And what is Web3? Who knows? <laughs> They're here to explain that and uh, talk a little bit about that and what they do and why it's important. And so uh, I would like each of you to introduce yourselves and then give an uh, elevator pitch about uh, Sheath World and Sheath Token. Okay. Well, I'll go first. My name is Adante. Um, I am a software engineer, college educated. I've worked uh, for a, five, a Fortune 500 company for about two years. I've been a um, crypto fanatic for about six. I started off trading and then I went into uh, uh, development, JavaScript development, which brought me to Sheath. Um, which uh, I've done. I mean, you know, created here with Aaron. Um, really, Aaron, you want to introduce yourself before we go into Sheath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I introduce. So my name is Aaron. Uh, I actually have an architecture background. Started doing uh, architecture about six years ago, um, and doing it for about four years on my own and for freelance. And I got into crypto. I would say about two years ago, heavy within the last year. And ever since then, I mean, we've been trying to figure out this Web three space understand and break down the blockchain and develop Sheaf World. So here we are. That's what's up. That's what's up. So as I understand, like, you know, to put it simply, Web3 is the internet of users. So like Web1 was like static web pages, just kind of JavaScript, the basic HTML stuff that you would learn back in the day in school. Web2 is kind of like social media, user-generated content, profiles and things like that. Web3 is dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, it's just like you said. So Web3 is the connectivity to everything being on the cloud. So first it started in the web pages. Then everyone had everything attached to their server. Then we it developed into more of a centralized location of all of the accounts and everything that's where you can sign in with the google sign in the facebook sign in to all of these accounts and now everything is going to be kept on the cloud so you won't use uh, individual logins for these accounts you use your wallet and that tracks your process or your transactions across the chain okay okay so the wallet becomes the key then instead of like your know, password profile situation right Right, right. And then, um, like, like the key is, like Aaron was saying, you know, you're adding everything to the cloud, but you're also connecting things to a blockchain network. So, um, you know, as you're stating, Ryan, you know, we're moving from uh, everything being hosted to, like, web pages and everything locally, and now it's going to be hosted, distributed throughout the entire internet. So that's what these, these cloud networks and these blockchain networks are doing. In addition to that... Um, the blockchain network, it secures assets and kind of governs um, everything that is connected to it. So it ups security, efficiency, um, and really enables users to to have direct access to things. Like I can send things straight to you instead of having a middleman. Um, and, you know, it, it opens up the capabilities of the internet as a whole. Okay. So this decentralization piece, as I understand it, uh, makes it more of like a peer-to-peer -peer world where you don't have like escrow. You don't have these governing bodies like Western Union in the middle of it sending money um, and them taking fees off the top. It just kind of makes it where you can send things person to person without boundaries, without borders, essentially. Uh, no guy in the middle messing with this stuff. Is that a good way to characterize part of it? 
Yeah, I think so. And then um, you also have this body, the blockchain, to, that is the governing body. So now you can trust to send peer to peer and not have to worry about. So the reason that we have the Western unions or the cash app is that now we have this body that's going to trust that we can send these transactions and not have any issues back and forth or not have fraud or try to protect against that fraud as much as we can. So if we have the blockchain govern everything, that will be the governed body or that will be how we protect against that peer-to-peer transactions. Because this public ledger of the blockchain is something that can't be altered. Um, it, it has to be kind of agreed upon. Like these transactions have to be real for them to exist. People can't alter them. Right. And so there's some truth in that you can see this out there. Um, you know, and anyone can audit this, if you will. Is that the case? Exactly. Okay. Right, exactly. right. So all of the entire like blockchain is is completely public, uh, depending on which network you're talking about, the majority of them are, um, unless their purpose is to create that sense of um, anonymity or um, uh, security. But basically, yes, the entire ledger is public. All of the contracts that are a part of the ledger are also public, so you can see what's written in between um, each individual contract or um, how the network governs itself, also transactions and everything. So it gets it cuts down on potential fraud. It makes it easier to tell ownership to validate someone's ownership of things, um, and you know just just keep things secure because the network understands where everything that is attached to it is at all times and um, has a list of all the transactions it's gone through, whose pocket it's in, all of that, all of that information is completely governed by the system. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to just say that doesn't make it foolproof. So you're still going to have to understand the system and understand exactly, or at least learn how to read the code or I guess transpire what's going on within the code to make sure that there isn't anything that you wouldn't want or malicious going through the transactions. So it is open source, but it also it allows for anyone to create. So if I can create something, you have to make sure what I'm creating is not putting you in harm's way. And that's where the understanding of the blockchain, understanding of Web3 is important. And that's where we come in and kind of try to gauge or under, like educate everyone as they get into the Web3 and help them develop those smart contracts. Okay. Because inherent in this environment of total freedom is because there will be such a disparity in knowledge at the beginning, people can take advantage of other people. And so it's like you guys are helping mitigate that by teaching people about it, by you know getting them on board with it. And then this authenticity piece that you were talking about, Dante, this can help verify things are legitimate. And and one way that it was explained to me, um, you know, pawn stars where, you know, they have to bring stuff in and it's like, oh, you know, I have a guy who's an expert in Louis Vuitton bags from the 1980s. Right. It's like, you know, where are you going to find that guy? It's like, yeah. you could just right. see that this was, a, you know, an asset that was matched to the blockchain that was verified by the manufacturer and that authenticity will follow it, um, exactly. as I understand. So, there are advantages in terms of tracking authenticity, there's speed, there's reliability, um, there's flexibility, et cetera. Is that a good way to characterize the environment of the blockchain? Yep, all of that, all of that is absolutely true. Um, it, the, the blockchain is the judge and the jury, and you know the, con the contract that it, it's basing its actions off of are the terms. So um, you know we're throwing around this word smart contract and everything, um, because what is happening is, is a smart contract is basically like taking a paper contract and turning it into a code into code and putting it on the blockchain. So all that all of that is explaining this. Um, basically, you're automating the terms of a contract. So you're taking a paper contract. Say you're buying a car, and you um, the terms are if you don't pay a certain time every month, then maybe like normally they'll repossess your car, right? But in this situation, like they can change the lock on your car immediately through the chain because it realizes this person hasn't paid on time, that transaction happens automatically and the terms of that contract are taken out immediately as fast as the network can process it. So this cuts down a lot on um, 
people breaking contract terms or um, not really being true to their their word or like, you know, um, doing the things that they say they are as a part of their their terms. So um, this gives power to creators, to uh, business owners, uh, um, you know, to really enforce what they want with their content. I've also heard that it has very practical applications in the space of insurance, uh, particularly crop insurance, because, uh, you know, these contracts will typically be based on whether or not they were like drought conditions. And you can tie that into real-time weather data geographically at that location to see, you know, oh, there actually were, you know, X number of days that it flooded this year. And so we need to pay this person out and you can pay it out in real time. Um, but the situation that we have right now is that perhaps a lot of farmers who deal in crops and deal in growing things on the land and being outside all day, don't understand this environment, don't know the terms, don't know what they mean. And as I understand, that is where sheath world comes into play, not necessarily with uh, farmers as a specific subset, but with business owners who are trying to understand this landscape of web three and what it all entails. So talk to me about how sheath world got started and what you all aim to do as your mission. So really where this started was, um, you know, like I said, we were a blockchain enthusiast, really just like started with trading and everything. And then I really dug into how um, the code works and um, something that you touched on is, um, you know, you're able to, to hook things up to, to live data and things like that. So basically what, where it started was when we really realized the power of this network to connect different um, peripherals such as like weather data or such as like traffic data and things like that to a system that can then like perform actions on your behalf and really govern things that, um, you know, we as humans fall short of governing like accurately. So um, all in all, we realized that this could help businesses by automating their systems, you know, allowing them to take advantage of these different capabilities and, um, you know, all these NFT projects that have been popping up and um, people who have really taken, taken note of this are big corporations. As you can see, a lot of them have been jumping into uh, the NFT space and web, the world of Web3. And our thought process was, you know, um, getting small businesses in to this, into this network before uh, big corporations take over was one of our main goals. How do we help move uh, the little guy into this this new world before big corporations take over? So where it led into Sheath was um, we once we realized that, you know, uh, Web3 can be applied to any industry. So through that, we can be the guys that upgrade your network to Web3, just like... At one point, businesses had to go from paper currency to credit cards and everything. There had to be a company that came in and, and, and put in the uh, credit card swipers and everything, the new machines. We're that company. Through this, you know, we're, we're assisting people to get to this next step, to take these advantages while they're, while they're here. And then also we're creating this network of, of businesses that can work together because uh, a big thing that, that comes from the blockchain is this network of that you can set up of different connections peer to peer, you know, it could be project to project, business to business, and it really brings a lot of uh, benefits forward. So, you know, we, we came to this with the idea of, in a sense, upgrading businesses from this physical web two space to the world of web three. I think you paint the picture perfectly. I mean, yeah, it's just, the opportunity is there. We understand how the code works. We understand that it can be implemented in pretty much any industry. And we're here to try to create that opportunity before it just continues to dry up. I mean, we see the unprecedented returns that people are getting into crypto from being an early supporter or being in it early. That's it. Right now, crypto has not reached over maybe 5% of the world population, just imagine when it really gets implemented, what are these returns really going to be? The later and later we wait to get into it, the later and later our opportunity is going to be to benefit from these returns. Mm -hmm. A big reason for that, that gap, I believe, is, um, you know, lack of education, lack of knowledge in the exactly. space. 
And like um, right now, you know, the popular thing when it comes to NFTs, most people think like pictures and like, you know, pictures of apes and things like that. You know, people are selling art. And um, the, the thing is, when when it's really understood of the capabilities, it doesn't it doesn't only apply to art. You know, as I said, I said earlier, it, it could apply to a contract where you're buying a car. It actually NFTs and smart contracts can replace legal documents. Um, they can replace things like, um, you know, the, the uh, housing, the housing industry, uh, Aaron, like, like Aaron likes to bring up, you know, they can, it, like it takes 30 days to close on a house with blockchain systems. It can take, you know, seconds because it, mm-hmm. it speeds up that process of having to go from person to person to this person's desk to this person's desk. And then this person has to respond to an email and they take vacation for however many weeks. So now it extends the process. You know, you don't, you don't need to go through all of those hoops anymore when you have a system that is secure and automates most of these transactions, whatever you can add to the system can be set up, you know? So um, mm-hmm. there, there's a plethora of benefits. Yeah, I work in the human resources space and a buddy of mine was talking to me about what he sees as huge potential in uh, employment verification where like you'd have a profile that was tied to the blockchain where someone can Mm -hmm. go out and see how long you worked at a place and, you know, what you did there and everything was true. Um, It'd be like a true resume. Um, You get that a little bit now with LinkedIn and that's just, you know, people can still lie on there, but for the most part, you're going to see what people are putting and someone's probably going to call you out. But you know, mm-hmm. for those people that don't have a profile and aren't willing to put things on the internet, maybe you could have this blockchain ledger that's kind of behind the scenes that only employers could see that, you know, verifies that all your credentials are legitimate, like even down to your certifications and everything. But uh, another place that I liked it was with music, tying this idea of royalties to it, because right now the music industry um, arguably takes advantage of artists, songwriters, and things like that. You know, Spotify giving people thousands of cents per stream and them not really benefiting from it. But if they had an NFT, they could, you know, tie these royalties to each sale or each stream or each play um, based on the parameters that they decide. The thing is, these ideas are so open. They're so ambiguous. I think that's making it difficult for people to understand what all this actually is. Could you give some examples of uh, this automation that could be offered? You know, give some examples of different industries or you know different projects that you're working on with people that show the benefits of this technology for someone that may not understand. So we talked about products and the verification of products. So we sell uh, items that are rare items that many people would be wanting, like they're one-to-one, one-to-one items. And many times when you're dealing with items like that, a lot of people want to know, well, is it real? How do we know? How do we verify that that is the legitimate one? How do we know that there isn't any more in circulation? Now, when you have the physical piece, it's like, yeah, you may be able to do a little bit of research in that time, but you don't really know. So it, it makes the argument a lot harder of say, oh yeah, this is the one, this is verified, this came from Michael Jordan or whatever. So once that item or all of these items begin to get on the blockchain, that argument is now out the door. We know it's connected. So we know that speeds up that process. We know that we can make this sale because if he's looking for the authentic item, he knows that he can come here and he'll get it. So that's one way of implementing it. And then obviously, like Dante was saying, with the houses, like project that we're working with as well, is um, transferring houses, whether that be actually selling the property on the blockchain. It's not necessary. It's here, but it's not all the way here yet. Only a few states actually allowed it to happen where the document is being transferred on the blockchain. But the automation comes in in the 30 days like it usually takes to close on a house. What happens is the bank has to verify the buyer. Are they able to make this type of payment? They have to go through all of these manual documents, whatever, to check their file. The bank then has the title company checking on the title. Is there any liens on this property? Who actually is the owner of this property? Who has the rights to sell it? So then now we know that the deed is clear. And the deed 
is now going to say, okay, who is the rightful owner of this property? So now we have to manually go in and check it. Okay, is this the person that has to check it? It takes all of these time, 30 days, 45 days, it extends sometimes. All of this information is constantly tracked. We know this buyer's credit history because he's been on the blockchain for X amount of days. It's always going to be you're green or you're red or whatever the numbers may be, you're acceptable or not. We know this house has no liens because it's been on the blockchain since it's been built. We know what's been tracked on it. In order to put a lien on it, you would need to put a lien against the blockchain and the blockchain will automatically put that house in red until that lien is satisfied. You'll know that day one. That cuts everything out. That also means you don't need title insurance. Like We'll be cutting out a pr like so many different avenues of real estate and that's just transferring the deed. Then we get into the loan itself. So normally we all store our money in third-party transactions, well, banks. So we use the bank and we all store our money. That bank then takes that money and lends it to a person like me where I'll go and take and buy a house with it. I'm an investor. The bank would charge me 10% for that money. I give the bank back the money plus the 10% and they give the actual money owners the savings accounts that you put in the bank one to maybe 1% back on the money, if you're lucky. Just imagine. So that basically, basically the bank is making money off of something that they do not own because they're that third party institution that found their way to get in between peer to peer transactions. So if NFTs were connected to mortgages or hard money bank loans or whatever you may have, just bank business loans. However, we'll have the same money, the same transactions where it's pools of money pulled together, lend it back, and the interest is returned under these blockchain terms. And it's always going to be governed by the blockchain and it can never be changed. So yeah, I mean, and then we can just go on and on about how it can be implemented to any industry. But those are a few that we've worked with or we directly work with. We have a couple others. Um, that but um yeah i mean it's it's a it's a never-ending cycle of how blockchain is going to be implemented the benefits there are yeah i think that the key thing is um to take away is you can authenticate something you can you can securely i mean like you can you can validate an item if it's connected to this blockchain network and what that turns into you know ownership of art nfts ownership to a deed to your house um think about like a practical use case is like if you're in a hotel you know you get a key card to a specific room now that's technically metadata on that card that lets you open up that specific room well an nft works the exact same way you'll put exactly. some metadata inside of that nft and it allows you to open this room or open this place or you have access to this party or this club because you own that nft and we can prove that you own that nft so, mm -hmm. um, really by rolling into that, like that opens up the door to everything. You can authenticate who it is. You can authenticate what they own. And that even digs into like further applications where like, um, there's something that I commonly say is like gamifying life. You know, it's the process of adding these different abilities that you have in video games to real life. For example, like you've played Xbox, right? Yep. Yep. You get achievements for different things you do in game. Now these achievement points don't do anything but show status on your on your account, right? This person's got a hundred thousand achievement points. Whoa, it's crazy, right? But a real application for real life is these NFTs can track things that you do in real life. Say you go and you buy from this store every so often, or you you have collectibles. Now say I collect a thousand items on the blockchain, and now it's tracked. I get an in real life achievement. Some system can send me a box that has rewards in it. You know, you just got a thousand of this item. You actually get something in real life for it. Your life is turned into, mm -hmm. in sense, a game. You know, everything is being gamified. That's what Robin Hood did with the stock market. They gamified it. So that is the process of what's happening here. It's in a sense kind of like a like a, a glorified loyalty program. You know, mm -hmm. or inter interchangeable loyalty program. Because yep. loyalty is not only with that one company; it can be taken out and given to another company, or you can 
interchange it with someone else that may have something else that you wanted that they have wanted what you have. So now you guys can trade that with a peer to peer transaction that I can trust. And now I get the benefits that he had and he gets the benefits that I had. So, I mean, it's just about being connected on all different avenues. Like Dante was talking about the game. So just think about gaming and how it's been changing over the years. So the one of the highest grossest games is pretty old, but Fortnite, right? But it was one of the highest grossest games for, I can't remember exactly how many years, but it's also free and you can't pay for anything in game that's going to enhance your abilities. So basically people are paying for skins or to look good to other players, nothing else. Well, now once I spend the hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars that they receive from Fortnite, maybe more, those people would never get that back. Yeah, it looks good in Fortnite, but what if they wanted that to look good on another game? Or what if they wanted some of the achievements that they got from Fortnite to possibly interchange with Call of Duty? Yeah, now we can make those type of connections and make that interconnected like chain of everything. So it's not you're locked into this and once I give it up, oh, well, I spent all of my hours in here, all of my money in here, and it's all gone. I feel that remorse bias, like none of that's there anymore because someone else is picking up where you just put down. So now you get to pass it on. They pay to get in your position and keep going. So it, And you get to go into another. Okay. My fault. Like it, it extracts the value from a specific environment and makes it where you can span kind of all environments. Is what you're telling me? Because it's like you can, like your skins become yours and they go with you no matter what environment you put yourself in. Essentially, right? To an extent. No, I mean, yeah. Go that's ahead. a capability of a blockchain network and NFTs, but that's not what's happening here. But that's one of our goals to achieve. Actually, that was one of the, the key things that we started on um, being able to bring that connectivity because we realized, you know, the, with these NFT projects, with all of these metaverses that are coming out, people are going to make items and things and NFTs that only work in that specific environment. So what we're doing is we're creating NFTs that work in multiple environments. So you buy this one NFT and it works across all of the businesses that we have partnered with. You know, um, it gives you, you, you buy, I always say you buy a t-shirt and you get like a, a discount to a membership for a gym or something like that. You know, whatever benefit or loyal or a program that somebody wants to in, implement as a partner can be done. And this can be done on any scale. Everybody has the capabilities of doing this, but with the way that things are moving now with, like, you know, like going back to big corporations, they try to take over everything. You know, there is no interconnectability because they want your money to stay in that environment. But here right. we can spread out the value. Now, you, mm -hmm. like Aaron was saying, you put your hours into something and it doesn't only benefit, benefit you in that environment. I can take it out and do something else with it. You know, and mm -hmm. another thing that he touched on was uh, also like selling the membership that you have. Like you sell the NFT and that NFT keeps the value and the other person gains that value, you know? Exactly. So millions of that. That's the easiest way. Yeah. yeah. I say I would say selling your position and moving that into another would probably be the easiest interconnectability like that we have right now. But that's where it's really we can expand. Like we can create these items like that can be housed in different API systems or that can the API can be transferred to different systems or it can show up in different metaverses or we can use it in different gaming as long as we can get access and get partnerships. Okay. Well, talk to me about uh, the logistics of how this actually goes down because I'm a small business owner. I think about, you know, business disruption and trying to minimize that. I think about expense, et cetera. You, know, you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, you're similar to the credit card companies when they came in and they added the new infrastructure with, you know, the things that you swipe and et cetera. Um, you know, what is actually happening during this transition and how do you facilitate that? So we, we do consultation basis uh, where, you know, we have a meeting, sit down and understand your business model. Um, and it can be any, any model, any way that it's structured. And then we'll basically take that and put it into a smart contract. So when you accept, you're able to accept crypto payments and then we can automate different parts of your business. Say like, uh, like Ryan, you got Ohio drip, right? Taking in your, um, if you get a order, 
you know, your smart contract will automatically update your system. This orders in the system, yada, yada, yada. And you can like, once you create the, the item and you ship it out, system automatically updates, lets the person know that it's shipped out. Now that sounds like, you know, a normal system that we have in place because it's not far from it. Not at all. But what it does add is the efficiency goes up and then the interconnectability goes up because, you know, we're talking about like, um, uh, when we're talking about like online, um, what is it like merchandising, like, uh, like using Shopify sites and things like that. That's another case where you have a closed environment. So you have like a plugin that you got to use for this, and then you got to add it into something else that, that works together. But, um, you know, a lot of the times you'll hit walls there because some things just don't connect, but with blockchain, everything connects. So, and then we're able to, to build these custom systems. So um, now you have the ability to better track your buyers, understand your customers, you get cleaner demographics, you get the ability to connect to whatever system that you want to create or that is already existing basically seamlessly. Um, like really, like as a person that really understands code, like I like, this is probably the way that this stuff is written. It's, it's the cleanest thing I've ever seen. And it, it's, it's readable, it's understandable. And it's like, it's simple, you know, point A to point B, everything's very clean. There are no middlemen. Overall, we're amplifying businesses by giving them the ability to to, to utilize all of these things you normally wouldn't be able to utilize with the current business model. Basically, in, in a nutshell, we're upgrading your business model to work with Web3, and then we're also able to apply NFT projects across compatibility with other businesses. You know, mm. so that's how we're building these networks. And then, we, you know, everybody's seeing these NFT projects where people are making millions for art. And I mean, like, no, no, no disrespect to art or anything, but like a lot of these things are not complex, you know. Um, but like, think about the application to a real business structure, a real business model. How much can you amplify your business with these capabilities? Okay. And so what would I need per se? I just need a computer and just intimate knowledge of the business that I run if I'm consulting with you? Yeah, really, pretty much that's how it works. And uh, it works best with like, if you have your own website, if you have your own website, then, you know, um, the way that people normally make websites, they have these WordPress plugins or whatever site that they're using these plugins that do the, the, um, the transfers for um, like the purchases and everything for them and handles it for them. Basically, we'll create that system that handles your crypto payments very simply. And then um, we can do things as complex as like, if you had two different funds that you wanted your payment to go to, like this one's in the savings, this one's in the checkings or something like that, as simple as that, or to different business expenses, it can break it down right then and there and send your funds wherever it needs to. And it can be even so complex to once the funds get to the next wallet, that wallet does something with those funds. It makes a purchase automatically for you. So we're automating businesses, you know, we're taking out a lot of, of, of like holdups and hurdles that businesses meet, um, speeding things up, heightening their efficiency and really giving them all types of capabilities. I think it was, I think you would, and then just to, to answer your question about the disruption to like their business model and like actually getting started. So first off, we would do the consultation and figure out how the smart contracts could be implemented, like Dante is saying. But the first thing that first would probably be creating those digital products for the business because the NFTs would be a separate inventory that they don't normally have to deal with. They can be targeted to a different audience that they don't normally market it to. So it'd be an addition to the business to start if you just started with the NFTs. You see that growth of how the digital model may amplify the loyalty programs or the retention rate or how you know like who is your, um, like Dante was saying, the demographics, like who is holding this type of NFT or who is holding these products like really behind the company. You'll see that and then we can start to implement the full digital um, conversion of the business, like he's saying, where it'll be tracking, transferring your um, transactions to make sure that it's going wherever you need it to go to make sure that your inventory is being clocked and all of those things. But to start with the digital model, the NFTs and the loyalty program, I think that'll be the best, like, 
easiest and least disruptive model for any small business. Talk to me about some of the customers that you're working with currently. I know you have a couple of different partnerships and I saw recently that you're working on a real estate project that I'm pretty curious about. So walk me through uh, some of the things that you guys are doing. So we could talk about the real estate project. Uh, first one is, is in uh, East St. Louis. So what we're doing is we're working with a company that does pretty well, actually. Um, they do um, indoor and outdoor events as a Studio 18 Entertainment. Um, but they um, they do actually about $95,000 a month and renting out the space and um, renting out the current venue that they have and offering the, just the studio and the video um, production for their clients. They do really well. And now they're looking to get an outdoor venue where they can expand. They can offer that indoor space and that outdoor space and potentially reach up to 2,500 people at a time. So we're going to be financing the project for them, whereas we're going to be buying the land and doing the entire build out. And they're going to be purchasing the land back from us for um, agreed upon price, already agreed upon price. So how it works is we're really just trying to implement and show what the blockchain technology can do. I mean, we're going to be getting the money the same way where we're going to be having an NFT collection and we break it down. There's going to be 5,000 NFTs. If you take the total amount for renovation costs plus the purchase price added together, break that down by 5,000, you'll get $115. Each NFT is going to cost $115. And then with those NFTs, after we make the sale and we pay back all of the fees and everything, we'll have a 20% at least return for each NFT holder because we already have agreed upon price. Where the returns could get greater is in the renovation budget. We have a renovation budget of about 400000 And that is little, I think actually a little much more than what we would need for what we're building. And a lot of the containers that we're gonna be creating are gonna be cookie cutter. So they're gonna get cheaper the more containers that we put together. And right now we price it out as each container is retail. So we will be making a little bit better returns, but um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna show that banking can be done on the blockchain via NFTs. And then with that NFT, it's not just that you're gonna get those returns, we're gonna be offering. So those units that we put out on the on the venue space, they're going to be container, like um, 40 by eight foot containers. They're going to be built out for venues or food vendors or um, merchandise vendors. Yeah. So they can, each of those NFTs would be either one of the VIP uh, food vendors or the merchandise vendors, the different levels. And that will have different benefits as we develop further like as a company, as far as what we implement it to. So it'd be definitely something you still want to hold on to, but we'll be guaranteeing those returns. I guess it's banking on blockchain. So that's going to be cool. Mm. But got some other projects, Dante. I mean, you want to talk about uh, what, what you feel comfortable talking about? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a handful of stuff. I mean, like Aaron touched on the physical items before um, selling memorabilia on the blockchain. Um, there's been, what are some of those things? Cause they're pretty cool, man. Yeah, so like uh, uh, baseball cards, you know, authentic um, basketball cards, things that are signed by these famous uh, athletes and things. Um, you even got a picture of uh, Babe Ruth playing football. <laughs> so um, yeah. the, the idea is that we're taking um, we're taking these 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 digit, I mean, these physical pieces, and we're attaching an NFT to them. So if you buy the NFT, you actually get the physical piece as well shipped to you, and then. Also, since it's an NFT, it can have whatever benefit that we add to it. So going through um, as Sheath's lifespan continues, you know, if you're holding this NFT, it will give you perpetual benefits based off of whatever partnerships that we come across. You know, um, something else that we're uh, we're looking into um, with it, with respect to the real estate, um, this one. This first project is pretty simple when it comes to how the NFT is implemented. It's really just taking mm. the lending and turning and splitting it into NFTs. So now you purchase the right. NFT to become a lender. Exactly. As simple as that. But we're offering a partnership rather than a bank, which just give you nothing. Right. What seemingly nothing. Yeah. Like what? 0.01% or something like that? Yeah. yeah. You don't even know. It's, like, like oh, something hit my account. But um. Yeah, something something as simple as that can be done with real estate. And then uh, another thing coming up, we do have a we have a raffle 
that we're going to get into um, where we're selling these these raffle tickets. Um, we're going to have 12,500 of them and we're going to have basically a tier system to where every, every certain number that is sold, we're going to have a prize drawing. And um, as long as your ticket was bought before the drawing, then it can participate in the drawing. So that means if you buy ticket number one, you can uh, participate in every single drawing after that, consecutively after that. Um, but if you buy a ticket after a drawing, you can't participate in it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the key thing there is um, not that it is a raffle. It's the type of NFT that we're implementing here. It's called, we're calling it an heirloom. The idea is that you hold it and the longer you hold it, you know, the more value it gains. Um, so basically we're going to use these heirlooms as like special NFTs that we are offering from time to time that will gain better benefits than other NFTs. Mm-hmm. So um, like maybe we'll give a 2% discount to one, to one store for an NFT. But if you have the heirloom, you get 10, you know, uh, so right. that's the type right. of exa- example um, exactly. that we can use there. And that's like for special projects, but um, that's mm-hmm. just to show another capability of NFTs. So every single project that we're touching is really like to show um, the capabilities. Really. We're trying to show proof of concept to people. We're really trying to educate um business owners and really just like the masses of people anyway. So they're ready for this mass adoption period. So they're not losing out. There's not a big gap in between the distribution of wealth again, you know? So Mm -hmm. how are you guys approaching education in all of this? Cause I know, uh, you know, for me, I grew up with the internet. I'm pretty savvy. I consider myself and, you know, even this idea of managing multiple wallets with seed phrases and, you know, where do I hold this stuff? Like, I can't imagine explaining this to like grandma June, you know what I mean? And trying to you know, get some <laughs> right. sort of adoption. And there are business owners who are, you know, maybe in their 50s, 60s, 70s um, that didn't necessarily grow up with this stuff. So like, where would they start on education and how do you guys approach it when you're working with customers? It's definitely levels. So like, <laughs> if you're, I mean, whatever, like you have to figure out where they, their understanding is. Like, I mean, if you wanted to break it super down, like for Grandma, for Grandma June, for example, if we were just starting, Dante likes to come in, like the first thing we're talking about is currency and how that makes sense with the currency. So a hard ledger, I think probably be the closest would be, application would be actually having cash right? Or having the cash under your mattress. Like that's your safety deposit. And then like, you know, nobody really knows where that is. That's yours. Like it's not on the web. And then you have like the different wallets for like different exchanges. I would consider that like a still working through like a third party just to make sure that your stuff is secure. Like you have your stuff in a bank, but it's still crypto to an extent. And then you have the private wallets, like the direct wallets that you have the keys and the private, the seeds to. That's like having, I guess that's the having the cash in your pocket. So first you got the cash under your mattress and you got cash in your pocket. That's the one that you're probably doing regular transactions with. And then you have the one that's in the bank that's supposed to be insured or you got it. don't have to worry about. That's what you have on a, a, um, a trading platform. So, I mean, it's just really we're moving into an age of how we transfer or how we deal with tender or even assets as a whole. So you would like, if you bought a very expensive piece, more likely you would go and get insurance on it. Right. So instead of having to get that insurance, that insurance is the blockchain. So now you don't have to get that. So the reason you would want it, your item, your physical piece or digital, whatever, to be connected to the blockchain, this is now, I know that I'm the rightful owner. If it moves, it moves with my authority or I had to approve that transaction. So, I mean, yeah, then I would try to move into what the blockchain is and the NFTs and the metadata, like how that makes sense. But it's really about just making sure people understand the terms and how it's just a simple transition. It's not really changing much. It's just about changing how we do the same day-to-day actions that we do. Like, so it's, yes, I mean, that's how it started. I mean, what do you think, Dante? Yeah, no, I agree. And like, uh, like all in all, like it's... um you know, find what people relate to or what people understand. Like when I'm talking, right. when we're talking to people, I like to use that their, their, their business model, you know, cause they understand how that works. So, 
uh, just right. taking that and actually applying it to how blockchain could benefit them or how it's the next step up. Um, that's really how we've been going about explaining it on a, on like person to person basis. Um, but when it comes down to explaining things to masses, it's like, um, you know, the lower grade level that you can explain this to the better, you know, you want to be able to explain this to like a kindergartner, but I mean, maybe Uh not that far now, but you know, you want to be able to explain it to somebody, um, like very, very young, very like uneducated, but, um, also, and I, something to understand going through this is, you know, when we first started, we got caught in conversations about how, blockchain works as far as like what a block is and and what is mining and all of that stuff but in that like that gets crazy confusing to people because it is trying to like you're trying to understand this entire thing as a whole but the way that it was broken down to me was you know um when you get a car you don't ask you know how the engine works you know what i mean you ask like you want to know how to drive it. You want to know how to drive the car. That's all that really matters to you. If you really want to dig into the engine of the car and all the different parts and everything and how this force breaks into this force, then you really have to like dig in. That's really, you start to specialize, but for like, um, you know, the common population of people that are really just going to be using this just, just like in their natural day-to-day lives, you don't need to understand how the car works. You don't need to understand how the network works. You need to understand the facts, which are, you know, we're talking about a secure network that can that can track tender and assets at the same time and provides all of these different connectivities. So that's what um, I really like to focus on when it comes to uh, explaining how things work or what Web3 is. Um, because, you know, a lot of people will, you know, sometimes get, you know, cut off or like you'll get brain locked after saying too many, I mean, like going through too many different mm-hmm. topics after, after a while. So it, it happens in stages, but um, really what we're perfecting is, you know, teaching people how to drive the car and not the ins and out of how the car works. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you, you don't have no knowledge of the car and you pull out, yeah, I want to buy this car, but how does a carburetor work? Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, yeah. You're getting so deep into it, but let's talk about other things and then we can get into it. Like, Really, blockchain is the system. Cryptocurrency is the tender that transfers things across that system. NFTs are the assets that are being tracked on that system. And Web3 is the interface that your website or you get connectivity to that system. Mm. That's it. So like you create it. I'm saying I'm bringing my business to Web3. Now my business or my website can connect to the blockchain. Mm. And the blockchain is tracking how much currency, cryptocurrency I have. Blockchain is also tracking my assets that I sell on the blockchain. I mean, that's really the ends and then the beginning. And then once you get into deeper, what is Web3? How does it connect? Or how does the blockchain actually make sure it's secure across these different transactions? Like how many does it actually have to confirm before the transaction is done? And then how many does it confirm once? Like it, it, it can get way more intuitive, but mm-hmm. attentive, but you, do, you just don't want to go to the levels. It all depends on where. And honestly, I think that makes it harder. I think that makes that's the hardest part because blockchain is so fresh. There's so we're at the tip of the iceberg, and it's like one misplaced word of where you explain it can just send you all the way to the other end of the iceberg. Yeah. And it's like they have no understanding of how they got there or where that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, you just gotta take it slow, take it really slow. It takes time, like years. Like we ha- we still are trying to discover portions of blockchain that we don't know or understand, like things that haven't been implemented yet and but the earlier and earlier you get in it the more you're going to understand the more a farther ahead you're going to be than many other people so mm-hmm. that's that's where we are okay but, i love that i love that car analogy too so i'm even thinking about like real money like if i'm spending money or like someone owes me money i'm not like wait a minute explain to me how the swift system works or Fractional reserve bank, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. And then it's like, oh, you can't explain that? Then it must not be. Wait, but no, I mean, we got to get into it. I mean, people got into just think about anything. Like, how many times do opportunities like this where people see these type of returns come in in a lifetime? And then when it's early in the bell curve, how many people actually get in it? 
And then how fast is it that everybody else gets in it? Like the later and later we get in, the the closer, I mean, the more that window closes for we can actually implement and take advantage of this new technology. But this is yeah. this is like the same situation uh where in time like you know people were walking and then one guy hops on a horse and everybody's like yo what's this guy doing like he's crazy but like this is this is that time this is this is when people are transitioning from walking to horse riding or horse riding to cars you know it's just a transition of how we get around or how things interact with each other so understanding that you know like now we're not walking on our legs and now we're on the horse's back but we're still doing the same thing you know, we're still trying to get from point A to point B. So really it is the new system to do that. It's the new system to transfer money and to track assets, you know? So um, really, I think that, that that's that's a key thing, really just using like these analogies to get people to understand that, you know, you don't need to understand, you don't need to understand the science behind everything. It took me years to understand the science behind it all. And um, another key thing is uh, just keeping words separate like keeping the the vocabulary separate you know there's there's actually a difference between the word coin and token when it comes to crypto um because mm-hmm. because a coin has to do with a an actual blockchain network like ethereum's a coin bitcoin's a coin but um a token runs on a blockchain network so it doesn't actually have its own system it runs on somebody else's system so it i mean just different things like that when you're talking about these things when it's so fresh it, it's easy to get confused, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. um, just, just iron it out, taking it slow. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I hear people talking about them as shares. They don't even know the difference between coin and token. They, they equate it to a stock market share. And I'm like, that is not what you're getting mm-hmm. at all. It's not equity. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you want people to know about this space that perhaps they don't? I know you shared some beautiful gems with like, don't get caught up in, um, you know, how it works, focus on the utility. Um, what's something about what you do or maybe just the space in general that you want people to know that they don't know? I guess just going back to that video game analogy, you know, we've all seen a lot of, we've all seen Ready Player One, which is a common thing that people like to equate the metaverse to. And, um, you know, the metaverse is also like a scary thing, but in reality, we're already in the metaverse. It's really just like merging what we're doing in real life with um, digital life, like like your your social media and stuff, like your phone, it, this, these interfaces and stuff that you're doing. But really what's happening is this world that we've been seeing in movies and things like that is coming to fruition. The NFTs are going to change the game as far as like you're walking around and these things are interacting with you. You're going to stores and now you're getting NFTs as well as you're bu- as well as when you're buying your items. They're going to replace key cards for hotels. They're going to replace things like tickets to sports events, sporting events. And actually, in some places, they already have. So the idea that I'd like to really share with people is like, look at these look at these like depictions of future worlds and try to think about how it actually relates to these systems that we're talking about today, these blockchain networks and that all of the stuff is actually coming into fruition and we're in the process of building it now. So this is like the time for whoever establishes the building that lasts, it's going to be like the road that, that lasts throughout centuries of time because, you know, and this, and it's not even about so honestly i still would want to show you like it's we're like you say we're already here like this is just a way to access the information that we already use the information or connect i guess i would say the information that we already put like and people say oh well um blockchain is gonna be public so like they're gonna have all my information i mean well scammers steal information like literally every day constantly right now in our system that we have web to businesses sell you your can, information right businesses sell your information we can literally search anybody's information that we want to find if you know how to find information you can find it the blockchain actually you have to know how to find it so it doesn't really change the position that we're in like you're still tracking the same information business assets business currency that all still gets tracked I don't, I think a lot of people get caught up 
And I, and I think that the even the metaverse, like Dante said, it's a scary word. But if you really think about it, it's not. It's 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 not one. The metaverse is not one thing. It's just about, like you said, the connection of physical and the digital. We've been connecting with digital for 20 years now or more. So all of our information is already public. All of everything is already on social media. Now I can monetize that. I can literally take the money or the information that I'm already getting out. Who's the one that benefits from it? The company, like Dante said, that's selling my information or me that's putting that information out under this blockchain NFT. So it actually brings the existing information that we already have public and change of power actually. So you have more control of your information rather than these third party companies or these central companies that are holding your login that allow you to log into all these different things or allow you to do whatever you have it now. So, I think that information is definitely 100% the issue with implementing the blockchain because people are scared of what they don't understand. It's very, I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. But the more and more we unravel and we actually see what's going on, nothing's changing, actually, and we can benefit more from what we are already doing. So it's a, it's a, that's the, that's the issue. Um, it's just trying to get people to have an open mind, I guess, about what it is that they don't understand. I think that, I mean, everyone, no one wants to really, a lot of people don't want to get out of their comfort zone. So it's going to be a problem. And I'm a successful business, small businesses. I run a business myself. It's tough to have the time to even put in the knowledge or the information to seek the resource that I need to understand or implement the blockchain. That's where we can come in and kind of help you guide through that process. We can start it slow with the NFTs where it doesn't affect your business at all. And then we can start to implement in the true power. Once you understand and you unravel the business or how it can be implemented into your business, there is no right or wrong answer. We can't tell you what to do. We don't know everyone's business model to an extent, exactly their business model. So the more you understand, the better we can help you. So we just roll it out slow, roll it out, and then let them kind of figure out how open and how accessible everything really is. And once we take it from there, I mean, it's, it's no heights to it, as we've already seen. So it really is a partnership. It's a consultative experience where you guys are getting an intimate understanding of what they're doing and, you know, hoping that they gain some education in the process so they can tie those uh, applications back even further because they'll really know their business and see the benefits more so. So mm -hmm. it really is an approach where you guys are kind of going back and forth. I think that's pretty cool. Right. Uh, yeah, and they benefit. Too. So not even just that, like we're not only just trying to give your business or we're implementing, we're offering like just because you're connecting with ours, now you get to connect with our direct business. So now your NFTs are going to give you access or more utility because they get you into chief village properties or they get you access to things that chief world has to offer right, you or the of right and then that also just not only it allows you to build your web3 presence or your blockchain presence and uh, provide that utility you can piggyback off of what we already have to offer just to kind of jump jump start you into the space so i mean it's it's an opportunity like i said we're targeting small businesses people who were just going to sit out and not see the value or not gonna have the time really to really implement it to their business. And I mean, from there, I think we can create something much larger. So that's where we are. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, we covered a lot today. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you would want people to know? Um, no, I think that, um. I think that we're good. I think, yeah, I think if there's anything that you guys like, if there is more questions or need more information about anything, I mean, definitely reach out to us. You can reach us at the at chief world, chief dot world on um, all the inst Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook. If you also catch us on a discord, you can go to our website, www.sheath.com. 
Discord.world and you can get access to our Discord link. And um, yeah, I mean, we'd be happy to invite you to the ecosystem. If there's anything that we don't know, I mean, we'll research it together. This is all about learning and unraveling this technology together. So, I mean, that's all I have. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think I think we covered I think we covered a lot. Um, only thing I'd point out is that you know again it's it's an addition to your your business when it comes to the the NFTs or the digital assets. These are like very low cost inventory. I mean, additions to your inventory. So along with whatever you're already providing, you know, we're giving you additional inventory as well and access and capabilities. So definitely check it out. Yeah, and and, and check us out at sheep.world. Right on. Yeah. Well, you guys got the ears, eyes, and attention of everyone in the world, and you can deliver one message to the people. What message would you deliver? I would say, I actually heard this on Instagram, and it really stuck with me. It was a guy, I can't think of his name right now, but I'll get it. But anyway, he said that we've been held out of so many great, financial opportunities and this like no matter like it's all lower i mean no matter there's a lot of people in the lower class versus upper class so no matter race they there's so many people that are being left out these financial wealth gains and transfers just because of lack of information and whether that's in real estate whether that's in the stock market whether that's in when oil price like it's Whatever it is, most of it is just a lack of information. We're not in the rooms when these decisions are being made. So not having or not jumping on this open source opportunity, it's just, it's almost, you're not wanting to do better. I mean, we have the opportunity. We just have to take advantage of it. And most of the times we don't even have the opportunity. We now have that opportunity. So we have to take advantage of this. We would be irresponsible to not take advantage of the blockchain technology. We've already seen it in all of the top corporations. The why is there, the proof of concept is there. We need to do it. If we don't, we can no longer use any um, excuses. I mean, this is it. We have opportunity, this is our time. we're living today. We need to do it now. Still, it's the first time individuals have been able to front run institutions in the creation of a new asset class ever. Yeah. I mean, and also not to couple that, this is the age of transfer of information. Not only are we getting the interconnectability of the blockchain, the peer-to-peer transactions, the controlling of our financial business, we can transfer information at the speed of light across the world, literally. So the ability to grow is there. We just need to take action. It's beautiful. What about you, Dante? Uh, no risk, no reward. <laughs> For sure. For sure. For sure. But no, definitely, like, I mean, Aaron's, Aaron, Aaron has a great point. You know, this is this is a very big transition period, transitionary period for, you know, the world. Um, actually, like, just looking around, I have, I, have, uh, I have a friend of mine who's from the UK and everything, and he's talking to me constantly about, like, the different applications of Web3 and the potential of, uh, you know, what the world can do, really what the masses can do. And something that Aaron touched on is, you know, this is, it's, it's not really about, about race or culture. It's really a thing that breaks down to um, the rich versus the poor and who has education. So um, this is a time where we are able to close the, um, the wealth gap very, (laughs) like by a lot, by a very large distance, by setting up um, these systems and really like putting in place um, businesses, staple businesses that will give back to the little guy, you know? So I think that like, like Aaron said, we should definitely take advantage of this and, um, you know, make it a priority. And that's what we're here to do. Amen, brothers. Well, I appreciate you hopping on and letting us know about Sheath World and everything you got going on in Web3. I'm excited to see how it plays out, man. You guys have gained some real momentum over these past few months. You know, I remember seeing it go from concept to now you 
out here with the website and got actual projects and, you know, in the works, man, and that happened quick. So um, just imagine now with this infrastructure where you're going to be able to take it. So I love you guys, man. Right. Love you too, man. Love you too, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Right, right. The have us here just to even have an audience to talk to. Like, we need the exposure. I appreciate you. Hell yeah. We'll keep it going.